Welcome to Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School in Fairfax, Virginia. In this space, we explore our calling to raise up the next generation to be salt and light in the world. Hello, and welcome to Mind and Heart. I'm your host, Joe Wilbur, and today I'm sitting down with Trinity Christian School, head of school, Dr. Vanderpool. Hi, Dr. Vanderpool. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Joe. Great to be with you. Would you mind starting by telling us just a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. I grew up the son of a naval chaplain, so I lived uh, all over the place, moved uh, every couple of years, and then came up, went to Wheaton College, and after that did some graduate work. I went to Westminster Seminary, got my PhD from NYU. I pastored for 12 years on Long Island, and then I was in business for a while, taught a little bit, uh, adjuncting at a couple of colleges, and I've been here at Trinity uh, since 1998 when our three boys came and started, all three of which graduated from Trinity, and I've been head of school for 17 years now. Excellent. What are some of the benefits of Christian education? In other words, why Christian education? I think in the present environment, one of the great benefits of Christian education is the fact that it has such breadth. I think that it encompasses uh, all of reality, and it understands that all truth is God's truth. So we're not afraid to look at all ideas and to consider them. We may not adopt them all because we're going to look at things within a biblical frame of reference, but because creation is God's handiwork, that means we want to explore everything that God has done. And so uh, all learning is thinking his thoughts after him. But we also come to that with uh, what uh, Aristotle would call a sense of wonder. It's a sense of wonder because we are looking at what God has done. And so no ideas, no conceptions, no paradigms are off limits. We want to consider everything. And so I think that there is a breadth and a depth to Christian education uh, that differs from the more parochial approach, the more uh, narrow approach that you find in much of public education today, where uh, so many things are off limits. And I don't think that that's true with Christian education. What would you say is one of the biggest misconceptions about Christian education? I think probably what we just talked about, that it is somewhat narrow, that it is uh, provincial, if you will, and that it is not academically rigorous. And I think uh, quite the opposite. Uh, We are called to love the Lord our God with our heart and our soul, but also with our minds. And so we want to explore what God has made in order that we might understand better. He calls us to wisdom and to learning. And so I think that quite the opposite from being narrow or confined, I think there is a a breadth and depth to Christian education that uh, I would submit is much deeper and much broader than what people will find in some other educational endeavors. That's very interesting. Off the top of your head, Is there an example that comes to mind with maybe a particular subject or topic 
uh, where a Christian education really covers it in more depth than, say, a public school education would? Sure. I think in, um, uh, in the areas particularly of evolutionary theory, I think we're, we are going to read uh, Darwin's Origin of the Species. We are going to also read Darwin's Black Box. We are going to look at arguments for design as well as arguments both for um, uh, theistic evolution, but also for evolution within species and uh, evolution within kinds. I think we want to look at the whole gamut of uh, what is being presented. Science or scientists, I should probably say, are very clever. They, they want to rule out miracles. They want to have natural explanations for everything. So when they come across something that really is miraculous, they call it a singularity. But we are going to embrace both natural and supernatural explanations for uh, different things and be able to consider them and be able to weigh them and to look at them. So again, we get back to that idea of breadth. And I think we will find that not only in considering alternate paradigms and explanations of reality, but I also think that we will look at that in terms of, of history as well. In other words, trying to enter into the understanding of people at different times in different places and in different situations, rather than imposing upon history the paradigms and particular concerns of our own period. We want to be able to think uh, with other minds and see with other eyes, hear with other ears, and so we want to enter in to the thoughts of other people to see how they have approached problems that are not altogether completely different from those that we face, but we want to think with them and to walk with them. And so again, I think you're going to find greater breadth in, in a Christian approach as opposed to those that are closed off either to the supernatural or closed off uh, to looking at different cultures. I think that the idea that we are going to completely ignore Western civilization is probably not the best approach. That doesn't mean that we don't look at other civilizations as well, but Western civilization is framed and formed by uh, Judeo-Christian values. It has much to offer. There are things about it that are not the greatest things that have ever graced the profession of faith in Christ, and we need to be able to look at those, and we need to be able to say where the culture and has fallen short, as we do with all cultures. I think the idea is not to ignore them, but to be able to look at everything and be able to glean uh, what is uh, true and what is good and what is pure, if you will, and, and what is edifying uh, from all of these different uh, cultures. Uh, all truth is God's truth, and therefore we don't want to shirk from uh, any area where that truth is to be found. Absolutely. And I think everything you just said speaks to the fact that, you know, at, in, in Christian education and at Trinity, biblical truth is not just limited to Christian studies classes, but it really is a, a worldview that uh, affects every subject matter. So, yeah, very interesting. Um, what would you say to Christian families who argue that Christians ought to remain in public school um, for witnessing purposes and other purposes? What would you say to those families? Yeah. Well, I think that obviously we want to be uh, salt and light to the world, and, and I think that that is certainly a worthy endeavor. But just as we don't send missionaries uh, out to the field without training them first, we don't send children 
out to be ambassadors for the faith before they're fully trained. And I think that it is, it is not some kind of neutral zone out there. Every uh, educational endeavor has a certain presuppositions. It has certain values that it seeks to inculcate into the students. None of this is done in, uh, in a vacuum. And therefore, we have to understand that there are pre certain presuppositions that are antithetical to biblical values. And certainly, students are going to begin to encounter those, but it is a question of the framework in which they encounter them. The scripture is clear that bad companions corrupt good morals. It's not the other way around. Well, that's not to say that they're not going to find bad companions here as well. It's a fallen world. But the idea that somehow we're going to take some clear water and pour it into a dirty bowl and that that somehow is going to make everything clean is, uh, is not realistic. And so we don't send an eight-year-old uh, into a classroom to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a 40-year-old humanist. Uh, the child is not ready for that. And so if I would use the analogy, it is that, that we are a, a greenhouse uh, where we have the tender plants that we are going to keep in until that root system is mature and they're able to really grip the ground. And then we will transplant them out onto the hillside where the winds blow and the rains come but uh, where they are strong enough to withstand those challenges. So this is a time of training. This is a time of preparation. And we believe that uh, as we are called to raise our children in the nurture and admonition and instruction of the Lord, that we are not going to put them in an environment that is antithetical to that. I mean, you know, Moses doesn't tell the children of Israel, you know, uh, go send your kids over to the Philistines for seven hours a day. No, he says, the words I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall uh, talk of them all the time to your children, when you stand up, when you sit down, when you walk along the way. In other words, the application of God's understanding of reality is to be given to our children in all the experiences of life. It is not an edifying thing to place our children in an environment where Christ is explicitly ignored and implicitly denied for seven hours a day. Your children need preparation and training before they go out to meet the denizens of a world that basically live in fictional realities. Very well put. Um, my next question was going to be, although I think you probably pretty much just spoke to this, um, what would you say to uh, those who say that they want their children to be prepared for the real world? And yeah. I know that's a key yeah. phrase, sort of the real world. Sure, sure. And we hear that often. I, I think the, uh, the answer to that is that the real world is the world that Christ has made. The real world is a Christ-soaked universe. All things are made by him, says John, and without him is not anything made that was made. We are told that all things, visible and invisible, were created by him. We are told that moment by moment, Christ upholds the world, the universe, by the word of his power. So Christ is not only the, the uh, creator, all things were made by him, but also he is the sustainer. He holds reality together 
moment by moment. Jonathan Edwards says it's as if each moment Christ is recreating the world. The scriptures say that uh, Christ has been given all power in heaven and earth. He says, all authority is given to me. Isaiah says the government shall be upon his shoulder. So he is the one who governs all things in heaven and earth each moment of each day. He is also the one in whom all things eventually will be united. All things in heaven and earth are going to be united in him. The consummation of all things belongs to Jesus Christ. And we are told that tomorrow's history has already been written. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord uh, to the glory of the Father. We are told that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so to think that we can have any kind of a real world apart from Jesus Christ is is just absolutely foolish. Uh, It's nonsensical from a biblical point of view. You can't deal with reality apart from Jesus Christ. Uh, You know, the the rules at Harvard in in the early 1600s were uh, let every student be earnestly uh, taught to lay Christ in the bottom as the foundation for all learning. And so we want our students to understand that, that Christ is the center in which everything holds together. And, and I think that particularly in this postmodern world, this is extremely important because we find everything siloed. We, we don't find that everything coheres or holds together. And I think the great truth of Jesus Christ is that the biblical view of reality holds everything together. We live in an age that doesn't like meta-narratives. It doesn't like uh, something that says this is true for everybody at all times and in all places. And that's uh, that is exactly what the Bible uh, exerts. That's what it claims. And that claim is rooted in Jesus Christ. And so... Um, that's the real world. And to try and construct reality apart from Jesus Christ is create fiction. It's a fantasy. And so if you want the real world, you need to have Christian education uh, because anything else uh, that leaves out Jesus Christ is, is fictional at best. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Vanderpool. We uh, very much appreciate it. A pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School. For more information, visit us at tcsfairfax.org.